Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Today's sermon title is New Year's 2019. Got a Bible with you. You're going to be in the book of Ephesians. We're taking a little break, just one Sunday break, actually two Sundays, uh, from our regular scheduled program, working through our way through the Old Testament. And we're uh, looking at our holiday season, Christmas last week and this week, uh, considering the new year. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be there in just a bit, if you would like to go over there. Everybody ready for a new year? I know some of us, some of us had um, a less, shall we say, less than thrilling 2018. Some of us ready to see it go, let's get it over with. Well, there's no promise that 2009, you know, God doesn't really run by our calendars. I don't know if you know that or not. If anything, the biblical calendar starts in April. So maybe you've still got a couple of months to kind of get things shook out for this past year. I don't know. Uh, no, no guarantees there. Um, uh, New Year observance, of course, is especially uh, resolutions started way back in the days of Babylonian, uh, when the Babylonian Empire was in power. So we're talking about, you know, 500 B.C. or more, actually, further back. Uh, interesting uh, studying their documents and things that they left behind as traces of their, their civilization. Guess what the primary resolution of the average Babylonian was? Can you guess? It, it's going to be real, um, not weird, it's going to be really weird. Well, I guess it is kind of weird. Uh, their, primary, their primary resolution was to return farm equipment that they had borrowed the previous year. <laughs> so you got, you know, maybe not farm equipment. Some of you from farm, farmland probably have to, need to do that. But other woods, bowls and I don't know what else you borrowed. Uh, rakes and shovels and who knows what else. Uh, you know what a resolution is, though? I'm going to define your resolution for you if you're making resolutions this year. Resolution, a resolution effectively is a fit of optimism where we go about lying to ourselves <laughs> about something that we will not continue to do after the second week of January. Isn't that right? That is what a resolution is most of the time. So I've decided to, because lying is wrong, I've decided not to lie my, to myself this year. And I've decided to make resolutions that I know that I will keep. So I resolve before all of you to eat more this year. And to exercise less. <laughs> so come back this time next year, and I promise you that I will have kept those resolutions right there. Guaranteed. But it wasn't just the Babylonians that observed New Year's and resolutions. Uh, the Greeks continued the idea of the observance. In fact, they even named the first month of the year. We run by a Greek Roman calendar. And they named the first month of the year out of the, out of the, after their god, the Greek god Janus, which is where January comes from. The Greek god Janus, there's a statue of him, her, whatever that is, uh, was a two-headed god looking two directions. So one looking into the past, what was it about like this last year, and one looking to the future, what could possibly be this year. And so not to honor any kind of Greek gods, but that's kind of what we're going to be doing today, taking a double-headed look at uh, where we are, where we've been, I should say, and uh, where we're going. And we're going to be doing that here, if you'll take a look with me, as we turn into uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Here is your prescription for a good year of 2019. Do everything that this says, you're going to be fine. Be careful, it says, how you walk. Not as unwise, like not, not like 2018, but hopefully you were, you were wise there as well. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because why? Not some of the days, 
All of them are evil. They are. You live in a world that's dominated by Satan. Uh, the world's under the authority of Satan. It is, even though God, God is ultimate authority. But God has allowed him to be in authority. The lost world is under his possession. They're under his control. The days are definitely evil. So we're going to be considering how to walk carefully. Uh, but I want to tell you a story first. There was a man, a blind man. He was walking his um, service dog down the sidewalk, and he came to a busy intersection. And when I mean busy, I mean it was crazy. Like there's no way this guy was going to cross and the dog waited there for a minute. It's like the dog counted to 10, and then the dog just struck out. Of course, the blind man doesn't know. I mean, traffic sounds like traffic. sounds like it's busy, but he figures if the dog is leading him, it must be okay. Well, the dog leads him out into total mayhem, and what was mayhem became a total disaster. And so there were screeching tires. There were blowing horns, several rear-end collisions, people shouting, and the dog just, you know, leads him on a cross so he goes over there and he steps up on the curve and and all this stuff's going on and he reaches into pocket and pulls out a treat he's going to give the dog and he bends over to reach and hand the dog the treat and a lady standing next to him witnessed the whole thing and says you're surely not going to give that dog a treat for what he just did to you he says well no ma'am i just want to know which end is his head so that i make sure when i kick him i'm kicking the right end <laughs> be careful how you walk be careful. How can we walk carefully in 2019? How can, how can we make a difference in a world for Christ's sake? Maybe, maybe our last year, I'm not trying to be morbid here, but there is no promise, right? No promise of tomorrow, much less uh, next year. So how can we do that? Well, here's how we do it. We start with, and probably in many ways, end with the basics. Are you doing the basics? Are you doing the basics? The basics matter. The basics, I should say, really are everything. Uh, they matter. The small things matter way more than the big things. Sometimes when we, we get to a place where we're wanting to make a new resolve with our lives, we start focusing on these gigantic issues. And let me just suggest to you the gigantic issues are taken care of by the small issues. You wouldn't have, in many cases, these gigantic issues if you would actually do the small things. I can't promise you that every last thing. Some things are completely out of our control. But again, I submit to you, are you, or I ask you, are you doing the basics? Are you doing the basics? Pastor Greg is our, our staff counselor, not here this Sunday, because like I said, he's away uh, counseling some youth on the side of a mountain somewhere. And, uh, but he gets a lot of people who come to him, and one of the first things he takes them through when you come to counseling, and I would highly recommend that everyone needs to go to hear Pastor Greg. He's awesome. He's a super wise man. I, go, I live across the hall from him upstairs there, and I talk to him all the time, and he's got tons, tons of stuff to offer you. But one of the first questions he's going to ask you is to make you fill out a sheet, and on that sheet, a couple of sheets actually, is going to be asking you some basic questions. And we're going to go over those together. But, but the basics are, are, I'm going to be considering some of those here in just a second. The basics are so incredibly important. Uh, we've, we were back nine months ago in the book of Daniel. And of course, Daniel's famous for all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be doing a Bible study on, on Tuesday mornings with the Winter Texans on the prophecies of Daniel. Such powerful words, incredible things. God used them in incredible, incredible ways. The lion's den, the, the fiery furnace. But everything hinged on what this says right here. This is Daniel <coughs> and his buddies. As teenage boys, they've been exiled from their homeland, never to return. Mom and dad aren't there anymore. Priest and pastor aren't there anymore. No one's there to oversee them. No one's there. No one, no one would expect anything out of these teenagers other than to simply go with the flow, stay below the radar. If the king offers you food, eat the food. But they knew something about the food and the wine offered to the king. All of it, first of all, had, before it ever came before the king, was dedicated to some pagan god. 
They knew that. It made it for them unacceptable because to participate in that food and to drink that wine is, is, is tantamount. In fact, in fact, it really is the same as worshiping these foreign gods. They were not going to do it. And so they make a resolution. By the way, this resolution for all practical matters should have been their heads. You go against the king's commands, what happens to you? We just make another one just like you. You're dead. It's over for you. So they're risking their whole lives on dinner. Would you do that? It was worth it to them. And it was the hinge that swung the whole life, the whole destiny of Daniel and his friends. Daniel and his friends weren't the only guys who were exiled from Jerusalem. All the young men were. Why don't we hear about them? Because none of them did this. None of them were obedient. None of them took care of the basics, right? Jews have a very specific diet. And for us, and not just diet, but, but honoring God and have no other gods before it. They knew this was not going not gonna to complete that for them, so they would not do it. Even if it meant that, right, for them. It was the basics, right? But the whole book, the whole story of Daniel and his friends hinges on this very thing. Take care of the basics, listen, and they will take care of you. Consider the basics here. Psalm, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Here's some basics for you. The first, couple, the first verse is going to tell us to make sure you're careful who you're hanging out with. Is that a new one for anybody here? I've never heard that before. You mean friends could influence me either for good or for bad? Come on, anybody? It's your first time. I'll give the kids a break. But mom and dad, you need to talk to them. And everybody else here, if you've never heard that before, I don't know what to say to you. Where have you been? But here, here's the real issue. We know it, right? We, we could give that advice, right? Are you doing that? Oh, well, I'm not doing it, but I know it. Okay, so what blessing is there in that? So I know I shouldn't jump off a cliff, but I do it anyway. Okay, that makes sense. Look at what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Are you doing that? Stop it. 2019, there you go. That's one thing you're stopping. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of progression, downward, right? Stands, sits, uh, it, it, not a good progression. But his delight, notice, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, the Bible. He shall, as a result of this, not doing the first thing and also doing the second thing, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he shall do, prosper. Do you not want that? So, so are you doing the basics? Like I said, Pastor Greg and I have people come to us all the time, and we're counseling them about some major issue going on in their lives. And, and, and I, you know, we, we want to ask them the questions. We ask them questions about the basics. So tell me, are you regularly studying the Word of God? No. Many cases. You regularly spending time in prayer with God? No, in many cases. Are you regularly involved in Bible study otherwise or faithfully attending a church, rain or shine? No, in many cases. So what, what do we have to offer them that's going to help them out of their situation? We have nothing. They won't do the basics. So I'm having a hard time, doctor, with my physical condition. So tell me about your food. Well, I only eat Twinkies and Coca-Cola. Stop it! And every time I'm, st I'm after, between Twinkies, I'm stuffing a cigarette in my mouth. Twinkie, cigarette, Twinkie. Stop it! You're killing yourself. Take care of the basics, and you won't be having to come see me. 
Same is true with a doctor. Same is true with a pastor or anyone else. If you take care of the basics, the basics will take care of you. So you know that you should be careful who you're hanging around, but then you're not careful with who you're hanging around. What am I going to say to you? Stop it. Stop. Stop. You can't be an exception to this. So you're hanging out with ungodly people who don't necessarily love God and don't necessarily trust him, but you're expecting your life to go a blessed way. It's not going to happen. Notice the results of those who quit certain people and start serving God and start, start listening to what his word says. The results, notice what it says there. They will be like trees planted by, the tree, by streams of water, right? So there's going to be fruit in your life. Uh, there'll be a shade and a refuge for others. So I'm not only benefiting myself, I'm going to be benefiting others. And then whatever I do, do prosper. Does that not sound like something you want to happen in 2019? I, I want to bear fruit in my life. Anybody for that? I'm all about that. Any, uh, I, I, want to, I want to be a shade and a refuge and a, and a conduit of God's love and grace. Anybody want to do that? Me too. And then I want to prosper in the stuff that I do. Me too. Well, it's simple. You've got to quit some people in your life and you've got to start studying the word of God. There you go. It's the basics. You have to do it. To be a blessing, though, listen, to be a conduit, like, like I talked about, sin is the definition of not walking carefully. You're going to have to get rid of this stuff, this junk in your life. Uh, we're, we're like the goddess, God, Janice. We're looking forward and we're looking back and right now looking forward into 2019 in order to walk carefully, to, to walk cleanly in, the, in 2019. We're going to have to clean our lives up. And it tells us in, in Romans 6, chapter, 12, uh, chapter 6, verses 13, 12 and 13, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. There you go. There's a, there's a resolve for you. Don't let it that you obey its lusts and do not present your members, that is, of your body, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, it says, and your members as instruments of righteousness. What a resolve. What an incredible thing. And you say, well, pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. I struggle with sin. I know <clears throat> that you do because I do too. And I want you to look around everybody here. We come to church, <coughs> excuse me, we come to church and we think everybody's life, everybody else has got it together. They come talk to me. They don't have it together. Trust me. They're not any better than you and you're really not doing any better than them. And I'm not doing any better than we're all kind of in the same boat. We all have the same kind of struggles. Some are a little different, some are a little different that way, but it's really pretty much the same. If, if, if we're going to walk, we, we both, but according to what the Bible teaches us, we have the power to stand up against the things that get after us. Why would God command us stuff like this? Why would he say, say no to sin and yes to God if we can't do it? The reason why he says it is because you can do it. How do I get myself in the position where I'm fully under the power of God? You've got to do two things. Again, it's just basics. But if you don't do the basics, nothing else is going to matter. Number one, confess your sins to God. In other words, call it what he calls it. Quit calling it a shortcoming. Quit calling it a weakness. And call it sin. Call it what God calls it. You're not going to get past it until you deal with it head on. This is an offense to God. It is against who he is, not just his commandments, but who he is by nature. The commandments are not just arbitrary rules that God sets up and sees if we can't make them. No, he, these rules are based upon who he is. To break those rules is to go against the very nature of God. So when you sin, you are sinning against him. 
You're sinning against the one who created all things and holds all things together and who holds your life in, your, in his hands. You've offended him. So when, when I sin, when you sin, we have to come to God and we have to confess that sin to him. Stop calling it something he doesn't call it. Call it what it is, number one. And then number two, choose to live differently. That's what Paul's recommending here. Make a choice. I got one way or the other way. I'm choosing God's way. And then when you choose his way, then you're ready to say, God, I need your strength to do this. I can't do this any other way. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your enabling. And you open the doors. What I just, just did the basics. I confess my sin. I was honest about it with God. And I've called on God for his power. And I'm determined with God's help to make it. And guess what? You're going to find that you will. You're going to find that you will. Jonathan Edwards made a lifetime resolution, or one of them that he made. He said this. He said, I resolved that all men should live for the glory of God. He worked hard as a pastor to see that happen. And he said, secondly, I resolved that whether others do or not, I will. I will. That's a resolve we need to have. That's a resolution that we need to keep. So we've looked into the future. We've looked into 2019. The way 2019 is going to go well is if I do the basics, right? So how do I take care of now looking back the other direction? How do I take care of maybe some stuff that hasn't been done correctly? Looking back at 2018, it's not like you can just close the door on it and nothing's following you, right? No, what you've done good or bad is following you out of that year what you've left untied the loose ends are going to be still untied in 2019 there's no like a wall between 2018 and 2019 that this stuff can't climb over no it's going to go right along with you because it's really you stuff you've done or not done so the first question is we looking back we ask the question paul says forgetting what is behind right pressing toward what is ahead it's a great verse for a new year what do I need to forget this year? Well, there's a lot of things that I will naturally forget if you're like me. I can't even remember where I was this time. I think I was in church. Forgetting what is behind and pressing to what, what is ahead. First of all, I would suggest to you starting by forgetting your failures. You've messed up, right? We all have made mistakes. We all have. God knows that we have. Hopefully you've gone, like I said, before God and said, God, these were sins against you. And yeah, you've hurt other people possibly with those things, but first and foremost, I've hurt God with these things. And you've got to deal with those things. Listen, when you do that, God forgets it. In fact, what you need to do with those failures is the same thing that God has done with those failures. Look at Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, that is God, removed our transgressions from us. So if God has done that, you need to do the same thing with it. And I know there's stuff hanging over you and maybe some, some issues and some, some consequences as a result of the, the things, that mistakes and, and decisions that you made. Nonetheless, you need to say, listen, I'm forgiven in Christ. I'm moving ahead much as I can. I'm moving ahead. So start by forgetting, forgetting your failures. And then secondly, here's an important thing. Secondly, second, move in the direction of forgiving others' failures as well. So you've had failures, so has everybody else. Some of those failures have affected you, right? You're still ticked at them. You need to get past that. Highly recommend it. Colossians 3.3. Bearing with one another. Are you doing that? Forgiving one another. Doing that. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you do. When, is this the first time you've ever heard that you should forgive people? It's a basic thing, right? But so many of us don't do it. Well, pastor, you don't know what happened to me, and I will say, no, I don't. But I do know this. People can be wicked. 
people can be horrible. And that person who did whatever they did to you may be a person who absolutely does not deserve forgiveness. It has nothing to do with, with what you do. Their deservance of forgiveness is a decision that's, that's on God. But you owe them forgiveness because Christ paid for it on the cross. He paid for your sins and theirs. You're, you're totally dependent upon his forgiveness. You're a conduit now of forgiveness. You forgive that person. Doesn't mean you make up. Doesn't even mean you have a relationship. May never mean that you trust them ever again. They may have done really heinous stuff. That's not the same as forgiveness. Forgiveness just simply says they no longer have to pay me for the things they've done. How did Christ forgive you? What does it say there? Even as Christ forgave you, so also you must forgive. How did he forgive you? Before you asked, didn't he? Oh, well, they got to come to me and ask. Is that the way God forgave you? No. Christ died 2,000 years ago, forgiving your sins. Way, way ahead. He forgave you. He died on the cross, paid for your sins. You accepted him as Savior. I did. I was eight years old. I've, most of my sins I've committed as a Christian. He knew all those sins, forgave them ahead of time. Before I ever asked him, he forgave them. And here in his, his is the example of what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, by definition, paying for someone else's sins. Honestly, that's why forgiveness is tough. See, I, I can't forgive them because that means they'll never pay me back for what they did. Exactly. You've got it. They will never pay you back. That's exactly right. That's what forgiveness is. That's what it means to forgive. You bear the weight of the sins that they committed. Well, that's not fair. So it was fair. Jesus hanging on the cross for your sins. You don't want to talk about fair in this universe. Never, never. Never, never. He forgave you outright, paid for your sins. And forgiveness is always and will always be you paying for someone else's sins. It is tough. If it were not tough, everybody would be doing it, right? But you have to forgive you must forgive as Christ forgave you, so you must forgive. Remember the, the parable that Jesus told about unforgiveness? Peter comes to him and says, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times. He thought he was being magnanimous. I mean, seven times for the same sin. That's way overboard, right? Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And then he told him a parable about a servant who had been forgiven this massive amount by the master. The same picture we have with God. God is our, our master. He's forgiven us this incredible amount. No way we'd ever pay it off. Same was the this, this servant. No way he could ever pay it off. And then the servant, if you remember, turns around and has a fellow servant who's not, not owed him near as much. And he has the guy thrown into debtor's prison for the stuff that he owes. The master finds out about it. And he's, he's pretty riled about it. I forgave you all this. And you can't forgive your fellow servant for just this. Remember what happened to that guy? I'll put it up here for you. Matthew 18. In anger, he says, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should be paid back all that he owed. This is, by the way, Jesus speaking. This is red letters. Not that it matters. It's all from the, all the word of God. This is how my heavenly father, Jesus says, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow, I think that's a pretty high premium on forgiveness, don't you think? Oh, it doesn't matter. Me and God are good, but I got a problem with several people. Well, then you've got a problem with God, according to the Bible. God places a premium on forgiveness because you have been forgiven. You become an agent of forgiveness. And if you're not an agent of forgiveness, then you've got yourself a problem. You become a prisoner. Max Lucado put it this way. He says, unforgiving servants always end up in prison. 
prison of anger, prison of guilt, prison of depression, etc. Is that what you want? 2008. Well, that was 18, maybe. It doesn't have to be like that in 2019. One of those things you're going to have to do for it not to be that way is you're going to have to forgive from your heart. Forgive. And sometimes the best way to forgive is just walking away. And I understand that. And it's not the same as forgiveness is not the same as trust. It's not the same as a resolution. It takes two to tango. Person may not even care what they've done to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't exempt you from forgiving them because that's between you and God, not between you and them. Between you and God. So forgetting your failures, forgiving others' failures, and then finally fixing what you can. Romans 12. Fixing what you can, if it is possible, and it may not be, it always isn't always, as much as it depends on you, though, live peaceably with all men. As much as it is within your power, you need to make things right with the people who you know. So, so forgetting my failures and forgiving others' failures and now going to someone else and saying, I failed. That's tough. Sometimes it's easier for me to forgive than it is for me to say, you know, I was a really knucklehead. I'm really sorry. It's tough. One of the things you need to do if it's left undone is you need to fix this kind of stuff. You need to fix it as much as within your power, asking forgiveness from others. Who have you wronged? As much as within your power, you need to fix it. Have you forgotten something? We're pressing forward into 2019. That's awesome. But sometimes we leave things undone. And some of those things, like in the areas of forgiveness and failures we've made, if you leave them undone, they're just going to fall right behind you. They're just gonna, not going to get better. They're going to get worse. You're dragging around a ball and chain of unforgiveness toward others and not seeking forgiveness for others. It's going to cause you problems this coming year. And I promise you it did this past year. Have you forgotten something? Have you forgotten something? I always love the story of the man who was, uh, moved himself into a retirement home reaching uh, uh, elderly age and moved to, into himself in a retirement home for the rest of his life. And uh, he was in there for a couple of months, made some friends, made a particular, he was a widower and he made a particular friend of a, uh, a widow lady and he was liking her and she was liking him. And he thought, you know what? Life is short. I'm going to ask her to marry me. So he did. Asked her to marry him, went to bed that night. Well, the next morning he couldn't remember what she said. Was it yes? Was it no? He couldn't remember. And so he's thinking, surely someone else heard it. Surely I told someone else. He asked all his friends, you know, I asked you to marry me. Do you remember what you, oh, no, we didn't hear. We weren't there. Couldn't come up with anybody who had witnessed the, the event. And so he finally knew he had to humble himself. And he's just got to go in in front of her and say, listen. And so that's what he did. He says, I don't know what to tell you. I'm so sorry. He said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm elderly and you, so are you. And so I, I asked you to marry me last night. And I, for the life of me, can't remember what you said. And she said, thank you so much. She said, I knew someone asked me and that I said, yes, I just couldn't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have you forgotten something important? Have you forgotten something? Because I'm telling you, there's some things that we don't consider to be important. Maybe it's not a big deal for us to forgive people as far as we're concerned. It's no big deal for us to ask forgiveness. I'm telling you, your God, with your God, it's a big deal. It doesn't make your top 10 list. I'm telling you, it's at the top of his top 10 list. He's very serious about these relationship issues. Have you forgotten something? Have you forgotten responsibilities and commitments that you made to him? Remember, we just finished the book of Jonah. Jonah had effectively, intentionally forgotten something. God said to go to Nineveh. Where did he go? 
He went west. Supposed to go east. It's like, like going to Harlingen by way of Miami. It doesn't make sense. It's the wrong way. The other side of the Gulf of Mexico. He went the total opposite direction. Intentionally he did it. God, did God let him go? Just say, you know what? Forget it, Jonah. I was going to give you an assignment, but you know what? Don't worry about it. Is that what he did with Jonah? No, he had him thrown overboard. Jonah thought, oh, good. I'm, at least I'm dead, but at least I don't have to go to Nineveh. <laughs> then he gets swallowed by a fish. He says, well, at least I'm in a fish. I don't have to go to Nineveh. Then what happened? He got thrown up on the beach, and he still went to Nineveh. And that is the way that God works with his children. God has a plan for you. If it's to go to Nineveh, that is the plan. And because we've lapsed into a new year, doesn't mean the plans have been shredded, and you're going on to something else. God's got something else for me. No, he does not. He has what he had for you that you didn't do before, and when you come back to him, he's going to say the same thing to you. You need to go back and do the thing I told you to do. You run the same, thing, you run the same life with your kids, the same thing he's going to do with his kids. You need to go back and do those things. Jonah said at a crossroads of life, the same options that we have. I do it my way or I do it God's way. Do it what I want or do what God, want, God wants for my, for my life. And uh, uh, it, it, we don't have a hard time, listen, finding advice this time of year of how to make new goals and do new uh, adventures and new resolutions and new directions for our life. But how many times do we hear someone say to us, what about the stuff we left undone in 2018? The stuff that we didn't do, that we should have done, the stuff that should have been taken care of. How many times do we hear that? We, listen, if there's something you've left undone this past year, you need to fix it. You need to fix it. The person you know that the Lord wants you to speak to, but you haven't done it, fix it. Fix it. The person that you know that you're out of relationship with and you haven't gone to, done all you can to heal that relationship, you need to fix it. It's following you, tagging behind you a service to God that he has called you to, but you have yet to do it. <laughs> Look at Jonah. He didn't quit Jonah. He's not going to quit you. You may want him to, but he's not. Fix it. An action or a call that God has given to your life and you've headed in the wrong direction intentionally, you need to fix that. You need to fix it. It's not going to go away. And all of our resolving this year, let's resolve to finish what God has already led us to do. The basics. I've heard all that stuff before. Yeah, but are you doing them, you see? We really can't help you with anything else, nor can you help yourself with anything else if you're not doing what you, the basics. So you're not spending time in the word and you're not praying and you're not consistent in church, but you want God to fix yourself. You want some pastor to fix you. We've got no magic dust. You got to do the basics and when you do that. You'll find out a lot less issues. Actually, not necessarily. The issues just won't matter near as much because the basics will guard you. The basics will make you fruitful. The basics will make you a shade. The basics will make you prosper. None of, nothing else does that. You have to take care of those things. I want to ask you, please, to bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we think about the things that God has said to us today. Are you doing the basics? So you tell me you want to prosper and you want to be fruitful and yet you can't make a decision about some bad friends and bad relationships in your life? Stop it. Fix it. Well, it's just so hard. I'm telling you, God knows it's hard. He didn't give an allowance there in the scripture to say, well, if it's hard, you don't have to do it. No, he said, do it. 
take care of it. You know you're supposed to be spending time in the Word, and you're supposed to be spending time just allowing God's Word to bathe your life, and, but you're not doing that? Fix it. Get it straight. Our life hinges, in many cases, on such small things, small resolves that we're faithful in that makes such an incredible difference on a large scale in our lives. God, I thank you that you are speaking to us. And God, I know that when we mess up, when we go wrong, it's in the basics. We mess up, it's because the stuff we already, we know to do it, we know we should be doing it, but we're not. We know we shouldn't have gone there, we know we shouldn't be participating in that, we know that, that we should have gotten that worked out, but we're not getting it done. God, we so need help in the basics. I pray your hand on us through your Holy Spirit, your deep conviction in our lives to help us go back and work on these basics, to fix these things we've left undone, that we can look forward into the new year and we can be a clean conduit of your love and mercy and grace to a world who desperately needs it. These days are evil. We need to be careful how we walk. Thank you, God, for speaking to us today. We lift all these things up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptist.org.